0: And hello everyone and welcome to our program, the Truth Who Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Dick Batista, along with Nathan Jones and yes, we are transmitting live from our station and we're very excited about today's program. So we hope that you can all stay tuned to today's program as we're going to be talking about Israel's victory in modern times. Why is 1967 so important? So stay tuned to the program. And those of you that are watching us live via social media, we want to encourage you to follow along with us. And, of course, post your questions or your comments for Nathan Jones or myself as we talk about this very important subject matter. And, of course, before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer.
1: Lord Jesus, we thank you that we get together
0: again this week to study your word. Lord, we thank you how prophecy in the Bible is being fulfilled this day, Lord, which means that you're returning soon. I pray, Lord, that you will bring us the wonder that is your return to us as we study your word in a precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning into the truth Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones as we're talking about Israel's. Victories in Modern Times. And today's program is sponsored by Calvary Broward, Calvary Aventura, and the Truth to Set You Free Ministry. And you can find more information here on www.tway.tv. Also, if you find yourselves in our area and want to be part of our ministries live, give us a call, 305-992-9537, and we will give you more information so you can participate in all the wonderful things that are taking place here in South Florida. But of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on the program this week again. Hey, as always, great to be on with your brother. What are we on now?
1: Two, three years making this program.
0: Wow. You know, I, I want to even say maybe even a, a little longer, Nathan, because time is flying, but it's exciting.
1: <laughs> that it is. That it is. Well, I praise the Lord for it, man. I praise the Lord for
0: you and this program and all the great work, work you're doing on the truth will set you free. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And of course, Nate, you and I, uh, like you said, wow. You know, I have to say, you're more organized than I am when it comes to keeping track of all the programs. Because I remember one time uh, with the Revelation series, and you counted about 85 programs. (laughs) Yeah, well, we blocked that series, and it was 89 uh, different episodes connected to it, uh, and blog entries. And, of course, we had a number of podcasts, we talked through Revelation, and we talked through... Daniel, we've talked through other books of the Bible and uh, man, it's just a blessing that you know so much about the Bible and so I'm always blown away by your knowledge and your enthusiasm and those who tuned in who have that same passion for the Lord. Praise the Lord, thank you Nathan and you know Nate, actually maybe for someone who's watching for the first time or listening they're not familiar with uh, Christ in Prophecy Ministry, uh, would you be able to share with them briefly uh, what you do there and also the ministry contact information and even the resources we talked about so maybe they can get a hold of them. Sure, sure. Well, Christ and Prophecy is the name of our television program. Uh, I serve as Associate Evangelist and Web Minister of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible-teaching
1: ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of yes. Jesus Christ. We do that a number of ways. Like I said, our television program, which is on all sorts of different networks. Uh, we have it on our website at lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org. There you'll find a wealth of information, particularly by our founder, Dr. David Reagan, about... Israel,
0: and the topic today, the Six-Day War. Excellent. And of course, Nathan, I want to thank you for that. And for those of you that maybe are watching us live, we'd love for you to check out their website and also all the wonderful resources. And I know, Nathan, we we talked a little bit about this last week, but you have a conference that is coming up, your annual conference. Can you briefly maybe share with us a little bit about that as well?
1: Sure. Every year, our ministry hosts an annual conference here in the Dallas area. Uh, This year's theme is Living with Hope. July 14th and 15th. We have quite a number of uh, big speakers. This has been our own Dr. David Reagan, Excellent. Ed Hineson, Tommy Ice, Don Perkins, and others. And uh, folks can uh, come in person, which we'd love for you to have you come down here and yeah. uh, have the conference with us. If not, we will be streaming up our website at landline.com and And If churches are out there and you're a pastor and you want to have a Bible prophecy conference free, your own church. Uh, we have that, just stream it to your church. You can fill in the, the break with your own music and uh, fellowship time, but uh, we have that service to offer any church
0: and I will study who wants to do that. Well, Nathan, we're praying this year to be able to do that. It's been so much fun doing that, and we want to encourage any pastor leaders watching or listening, what a great opportunity for you to have all these incredible speakers come to your church where you all you have to do is, hook up your internet or some way to get that service in there and have your people be blessed. So We want to encourage any of you out there that are able to do it to host this. And Nathan, I want to thank you for using the technology to make that available to us.
1: Well, a lot of ministries out there surprisingly charge $70, 80 sometimes $100 to watch the live streaming conference. We believe that the Lord is going to cover our expenses, and yes. He always does. So we want to offer it free. Last year, we had about eight to 10,000 different streams connect to that. You know, there's 10,000 people
0: joining us via live stream every year. Wow. And brother, we praise the Lord for that. You know, Nathan, that, that is a blessing. And, of course, we see a number of you tuning in, of course, via social media. And, again, uh, social media is a great tool. Uh, to evangelize and use the gospel and take advantage of these resources so again uh, if you want more information make sure that you reach out to uh, lambline ministries and uh, also uh, support them as they want to continue to get the gospel out there so nathan very excited uh regarding uh, all that and of course not only that but your love that you personally have for israel as well as dr reagan and that's another thing that we're going to be talking about today because it's a very important subject matter it's sad nathan how we have such a lack of support for israel And I think it's because people have a lack of understanding the role that Israel plays prophetically, right? Well, Israel is God's perfect time clock, and the hatred for Israel coming from the United Nations, the media, and
1: growingly and disturbingly in the church, is astronomical. We saw the world try to wipe Jewish people out during World War II. We've seen the Arabs uh, try to wipe out Israel over the last 50 to 70 years. And we know during during the coming tribulation time period on the world that a one world ruler, the Antichrist, will attempt to annihilate the Jewish people and will succeed in killing two-thirds of the Jewish people. If there's about 12 million Jewish people today, that's 9 million Jewish people that will be uh, slaughtered in the future. So Israel as a nation and Jewish people from around the world are continually... Being persecuted by the world. And that's satanic. There's no people group in the world that is hated more than the Jewish people. Nikki Haley, our UN ambassador from the United States, even this week is in Israel and she constantly is mentioning how the UN exists to persecute Israel. I I know. There's gross inhumanities going on in the world and the UN cares about it, only cares about getting
0: rid of Israel. So that's satanic. And the reason for that. Is because God has made promises to Jewish people yeah. to regather them from the four corners of the earth, right. to make them a the prime nation in the world, and for Jesus to have his capital in Jerusalem. And Satan is trying to stop that. That's right. But Nathan, one of the things that we keep seeing is Israel's victories throughout the time against all odds. And that is amazing to me, Nathan, as today. Uh, this month, we're celebrating uh, 50 years, Nathan, of an incredible thing that occurred. But, Nate, before we move forward, I want us to move backwards. Can you give us a little bit of history? How did Israel once again become a nation and a state and all that, uh, the years and all that, before we move to their 50th anniversary? All right. Well, in the late 1800s, there was a guy uh, named Herzl, who was
1: a Jewish person who saw a case in France called the Dreyfus Affair. where a Jewish... Police officer uh, was, it was basically a railroad, it was railroaded. The uh, mm-hmm. nation stood up, condemned him as a Jewish person, and Herzl realized that the Jewish people would never be accepted really? in the world, and they needed their own state. So he made the Zionist Council. They got together, and they do that every year, and to talk about getting Israel to have its own nation.
0: Right. Well, after World War One, the Ottoman Empire fell. The Jewish people
1: were energized by a letter from the British called the Balfour Declaration. In 1917, which is exactly 100 years ago, the Balfour Declaration said that the Jewish people should have their own sovereign state. After World War II, in 1947, after the Holocaust, the UN voted to give the Jewish people the land of Israel. And it was a larger promise that actually encompassed all their land today, as well as the country of Jordan. Uh, but over time, in concessions with the British, it dwindled it down until Transjordan pretty much took most of the, two-thirds of the, the land that was promised Israel. And Israel in 1948 said, we're going to take what we can get. And May 16th of 1948, they declared
0: themselves to be a nation. And ever since then, the Arabs have been trying to destroy war after war after war. The Arabs and the surrounding nations have attacked Israel and tried to destroy it. But each time God has stepped in to defend against overwhelming odds, the sovereignty of Israel, and Israel continues to grow and flourish, and today, yeah. as one of the greatest armies in the entire world. Woof. And, Nathan, and those are miracles after miracles that we've seen uh, happen, and against all odds, we see the hand of God. Blessing and protecting these people, prophecies being fulfilled, I mean, right before our eyes. And Nathan, once they became a nation, as you share, then from there on, the enemy sort of like just ramped up uh, the attacks against them, the surrounding enemies, where uh, 1967, can you talk to us a little bit about what was it that happened there in June? Right, and when you say prophecies, I think the best prophecy about Israel becoming a nation again, I mean, Ezekiel. 6 and 37 that that like a valley of dry bones Ezekiel was given a vision where he sees the valley of dead
1: dry bones but it all came to life The reconnected, the sinews the skin formed and it became a nation again and it waits for the breath of God to, in other words the spirit of the Lord, for the people to accept Jesus as their savior. Mm -hmm. Hasn't happened yet. Israel, 85% humanistic, They, they, they exist as a nation but they haven't accepted God and especially Jesus as their son So, the prophecy was that Israel would become a nation again, but it would experience the labor pains after it became a nation. Isn't that crazy? You know, a woman (laughs) gives birth, and uh, leading up to the birth is the labor pains. But for Mm -hmm. Israel, the prophecy would be that Israel would experience the pains after its birth, and that's what these series of wars have come. Of course, they had their War of Independence in 1948, uh, 49, and then We get to, there's some other wars in between, but what we get to is what you mentioned. The six-day war happened in June 1967, so it's 50 years this week since the six-day war occurred, and it is one of the most amazing wars in all of Israel's history, and probably all of the world, because it's a prophetic
0: war. Nathan, and I'm I'm so glad you shared that, because a lot of people lately, of course, this week, they're going to be looking at the news and... Uh, looking at uh, this celebration of 50 years, but they might not really understand uh, what happened. But yet the Bible spoke about this, like you mentioned in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, Nathan, and I'm looking at uh, verse 14, where, I mean, clearly the prophecy, the the prophecy, the promise, uh, it says, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will uh, place you in your land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it, performed it, uh, says the Lord God. So what you're saying to us that we are seeing happening in modern times, this was prophesied over 2,000 uh, plus years ago. Well, yeah,
1: Ezekiel was around uh, around 600 B.C., so we're talking about 2,600 years ago. This prophecy and, was made that Israel would become a nation again. And there's one of the most prolific prophecies in the Bible. Is the regathering of the Jewish people? Isaiah said a second time, not just the Babylonian regathering, but from all over the world, a regathering of the Jewish people back in the land. Now, since 1948, the Israelis did not have control of Jerusalem. So here is the capital of Israel for for 200 years, and they had no control over their capital city. And it's not that they were they tried to take Jerusalem away. This is where the Six-Day War came in, because the Six-Day War was Israel protecting itself
0: from its hostile neighbors, particularly Egypt and Jordan and Syria. At the time, during the Six-Day War, Jordan had control of Jerusalem. So the Jewish people weren't even allowed into Jerusalem until the Jews won the Six-Day War. And Nathan, that's a very good point because for people that are watching this program, this, this is a great historical point that you're making so that people understand that even with all of what was going on, they still persevere in praying for the land and fighting for the land. And in 1967, uh, Nathan, there was a very small fraction of soldiers in comparison to how many the enemy that surrounded them, right? Oh, it, it's absolutely amazing. And this is, really, the Six Day War was burned even in 1965. Uh, the Egypt's president, Nasser, he had asserted, he said this, he said, We shall not enter Palestine with its soil covered in sand. We shall enter it with its soil saturated in blood. Wow. So, this was a very
1: hostile president of Egypt. He wanted Egypt to be deep power in the Middle East. He said he had two aims. The immediate aim, the perfection of the Arab military might, and the national aim, the eradication of Israel. So here we had Egypt declaring that it was going to eradicate Israel. In 1967, on May 15th, Nasser had moved the Egyptian troops into the Sinai Desert. He mapped them along the Israeli border and told the UN peacekeeping troops, get out. And that's what they did. The UN peace treaty, uh, peace troops left. And that's when Syria jumped in. Syria's defense minister, Sir Assad, said this. the Syrian army with its finger on the trigger is united. I, as a military man, believe that the time has come to enter into a battle of annihilation. Wow. And then Jordan was ready to jump in and sink. King Hussein of Jordan, he signed a defense pact with Egypt. And so we had these three nations threatening Israel that they wanted to destroy, as we hear from Iran today, to wipe yep. Israel off the map. So Israel felt incredibly threatened. Now, bear in mind that Israel at the time, in 1967, is existing as basically less than a third of land that they have today. The, mm. the, they, at one point in the land, it was only nine miles wide. Now, you try to defend <laughs> a nine-mile wide stretch. You couldn't. They did have what's called the Golan Heights, which is northeast of the Sea of Galilee. That's, uh, that was Syrian-controlled. And the Syrians used that land to bombard the other side of the Sea of Galilee into Jeru- uh, Israel. The Jordanians owned Jerusalem, they had control over it, and what's called the West Bank, which is uh, what would be considered uh, the Samaritan area in the Bible times, the Galilee. So the Jewish people had very little land, and we have three countries that are threatening to wipe Israel. Off the now, if you were a nation who was indefensible and had three powers that were much greater than you threatening to destroy
0: you, how would you react? I mean, the, the, I think today people will think of just giving up, right? Nathan, surrender, raise the white flag, and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Israel, by all accounts, Israel was no match for those three armies, and its land was indefensible. So, this mm-hmm. is what the
1: decided. They said it was suicidal if we wait to be attacked. So on June 5, 1967, Prime Minister Eshkol he gave an order, a long preemptive attack on Israel. Now, uh, excuse me, on Egypt. Now this is where the Israelis, man, strategically these people are brilliant. So he took the entire Israeli air force, except 12 planes which he had used to defend his, his airspace, and he took off. And in less than two hours, the Israeli air force destroyed 300 Egyptian aircraft. Before they could get off the ground. A few hours later, then they destroyed the Jordanian Air Force and half of Syria's Air Force on the ground. Now, this was obviously a huge surprise to these three nations. They're about ready to attack Israel, and Israel, in just a few hours, destroyed the Air Force of these three armies. And in six days, just six, and that's why it's called the Six Day War, Israeli forces on the ground. They marched into the Sinai, they captured the Sinai, they marched into the Gaza Strip, which was controlled by Egypt and took that, the West Bank, the western area of the Jordan River and the Golan Heights in Syria, and they were able to move into the old city of Jerusalem mm-hmm. and regain control, not just of the city, but of the Temple Mount. So the Jews were moving into these areas that were, uh, they, so that they could take the land and protect themselves from this army. So legally,
0: by all rights of engagement, as a protection, they have legal rights to the lands which today say that's the right. Palestinians control. But brother, you know, before 1967, there was no such thing as a Palestinian, right? That's right. And you know, Nathan, that's another thing, another term, too, that today uh, is thrown around in the news and everything else, and people just think, well, that, that belongs to them. But we need to realize a lot of these enemies, if you will, have risen up, even in these modern times. Oh, exactly. There has never been a Palestinian. The, actually, the people who were in
1: Israel... Now, bear in mind, Israel was a wasteland after the Romans destroyed it. Barely anybody lived there. The trees had been removed, so the land didn't produce anything. And for almost 2,000 years, the land, as the Bible prophesies, sat unattached. It was just desolate. The Mark Twain had traveled in the 1800s and said it was just a wasteland. There was no purpose. There was no Palestinians there, but the right. Jews, they came in, they bought the land, and from at extraordinary prices, they, they drained the swamps, they, they made the land beautiful again, and then all of a sudden, ah, the Arabs won it, of course. <laughs> the Jews made it a nice place, they wanted it back. Uh, but there was no Palestinians, so in 1948, the Syrians were attacking Israel, and they met, told all these people, that all their Syrians, hey, come on in, you can come into this land, and when we take it over, it's yours. Uh, well, the problem is that they didn't expect the little ragtag army of Israel <laughs> to win. It. And so all these Syrians were trapped on the other side of the border. Now, did Syria and Jordan take their people back? They did not. The they left them there. They abandoned them. Wow. And these people became later known as the Palestinians. So it's not that the Jewish people took the Palestinian land. The Palestinians' parents and grandparents were there to take Israel's land and their own nations wouldn't take them back. So there's no such thing as a Palestinian state. There was no such thing as a Palestinian people. It was totally created by the Arab world to use as a political pawn against Jewish people. So the Palestinians, as they call
0: themselves today, brother are victims of their yeah. own people. And Nathan, and, and I love the way that the news twists things around, right? I mean, they make it seem like Israel is so bad and how can they do this, but people need to look back at the history. They need to recognize, and that's why we're doing this program, right? Nathan, it's to help educate those that are tuned in and watching us live to the reality of what really happened.
1: It is. It, 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 this is a historical fact. This is an opinion. This is a historical fact. But then we have stores like Sears, Sears, selling free Palestine t-shirts. <laughs> and we wonder why Sears is going out of business. It, it's insane. There's something yeah. to free. It, it's, it's 1948, again in 1967, were aggressions from Arab countries that surrounded Israel, Israel defended itself, moved into positions of defense, and then the Arabs dropped all their people into their country yeah. and left them there as a political pawn. And yet, they think, like, oh, these poor Palestinians yeah. are so abused by Israelis. Man, I've been to Israel three times. I know you've been there, too. Yeah. And each time you go there, the Palestinians are treated just as much as, as the Jewish people. Absolutely. They're not second-class citizens. They no. serve in the Knesset. They They're there selling you stuff on the street corner. That's right. They're like the Jewish people are selling you stuff on the street. They are better treated there yeah. than in any Arab country would treat them. There is no persecution of the of the Palestinians there. But, but, the God haters will continue, and the Jew haters will continue to make this false
0: claim that there's these like South Africa, this apartheid state where the Jewish people are oppressing the Palestinians. And brother, that is entirely, entirely a work of fiction. Uh, absolutely. Nathan, you're making such a... You know, when I went to Israel wow, I fell in love because, Nathan, they're similar to America in terms of their freedom of religion. And I mean, you go to these other countries and they don't go for that. Uh, it's If it's Muslim, it's Muslim. If it's this, it's this. And yet I go there and I see the freedom that is offered to everybody in Israel. And I was amazed how... how what a blessing that was. Yeah. Uh,
1: there's,
0: <laughs> it's a democracy.
1: Try to find a democracy in any of the other 20 Arab nations Exactly. You want to find
0: it? There's theocracies
1: be much better. You know, right. by Islam, Israel is a democracy now. The Arabs have always planned to destroy Israel. They wanted to destroy Israel because they believe that if, if Allah controls the land and they lose it, then they have lost favor with Allah. And so it's a work-based salvation in Islam. Right. They have to Allah by taking them back, and that's what they attempt to do. There will never be a two-state solution. There's a second state. the Palestinian state. is Jerusalem Now, the Palestinians, through peace process like the Oslo Accords and all, again and again and again, have been offered land to Israel's name. Matter of fact, Israel pulling out of Gaza right. in two thousand five was land for peace. Yes. But how do the Arabs treat land for peace? They take the land and they provide peace. Yeah. They use it as a shoot rockets at Israel. So land for peace is it'll never work and i do pray that president trump will not follow that ridiculous path that the last couple of presidents have of trying to divide israel because you can't you can't divide israel israel will not survive and the arabs have said again and again and again that their idea is to take a little bit more land Mm -hmm. and a little bit more land until there is no israel that is the end goal there will never be peace in israel until the
0: Prince of Peace comes. And you know, Nathan, that's a very good point that you're making. Of course, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into The Truth to Set Your Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. As we're talking about uh, Israel's victories in modern days, uh, and again, thank you all for blogging there and giving us your input, and uh, you can always call us after the program at 305-992-9537 uh, for more information. But Nathan, the, you, you're making such incredible uh, points because uh, that's the reality. Israel has uh, been trying to give land for peace. The enemy was nothing to do with it. And I believe that it's just preparing the way for the ultimate leader that is going to come who will be the false uh, leader that Israel will accept. And I think also, Nathan, a lot of this is paving the way for that Antichrist to come, right? Oh, yes, definitely.
1: You know, when the Israelis took to Jerusalem, Rabbi Kor, he's the chief of with the red army, he later moved on to become the chief rabbi of israel for the first time in 18 years the jews were allowed back in jerusalem and he along with the soldiers they rocked the wall and he had a torus in one arm and he had a chauffeur in the other he blew the blew the shofar and he announced we have taken the city of god you're entering the messianic for the jewish people now he said it because he knew from the prophecies in the hebrew scriptures that when the jews are back in the land and back in their capital city The Messiah will come. So, the Jews taken back and having control of Jerusalem means for the Jewish people that we are entering into the Messianic Age. Now, it's been 50 years this week since Israel now has control of Jerusalem again after almost 2,000 years. That is prophetically significant. Very, very
0: prophetically significant. And, and Nathan, and this is why we're, we're looking at the times in which we're living in, and it's just amazing to me. And and of course, according to the Word of God, according to the Bible, like you mentioned before, there, there is not going to be this uh, peace until the Prince of Peace comes. But before that, we know that there's this war leader that will arise. And apparently, Nathan, he will be successful in starting a, a false uh, covenant for seven years, a false peace treaty, Right. Daniel 9 does say
1: that the, the one world leader, this Antichrist, will make a peace covenant with Israel. It will likely follow the war that we read about in Ezekiel 38 and 39, a Gog and Magog war. That's where the Middle Eastern Muslim countries and Russia will come to try to destroy and loot Israel. God will step in and defeat these armies and therefore Israel will be struck becoming a superpower in the world. And this, the Antichrist will then try to make a peace treaty with them. They'll accept him like a messiah. And he will bring peace to Israel, at least for three and a half years. As he goes off and conquers the rest of the world, he then turns attention back to Israel. And he will put that peace treaty. And that's what the Bible says will
0: happen. The Bible treats it like it's already happened. Because for God, prophecy already fulfilled it's past tense. That's right. So we're just reading prophecy as history. Excellent point, Nathan. I I love that. And that's why we want to encourage anyone that is tuned in or watching, it. read the Bible. Everything is in here. Everything that is unfolding that will continue to unfold, it's all already written in the Word of God. And this is why I want to encourage you to be students of the Bible, students of biblical prophecy. Again, Bible prophecy is not just something to try to excite you. It's to educate you into the promises of the Word and what awaits the Church of Jesus Christ. Because, Nathan, really... All this is good news for
1: us. (laughs) It is. Now, if people want to learn more about this war, uh, Six-Day War 1967, there's a movie out right now where people can watch and
0: see that. Excellent point, Nathan. As a matter of fact, yes, last week uh, this movie came out, and uh, it might not be around uh, for, uh, again, uh, long, but it's called uh, In uh, Our Hands, The Battle for Jerusalem. And anybody can just Google it or find it. And it was uh, amazing, amazing the way that they recorded the miracles that took place, Nathan, in 1967. And again, thank you for bringing that up. But we want to encourage those of you, it's going to help your love for Israel grow even deeper. And if you don't know much about Israel, it will help to educate you really into what happened and what continues to happen uh, in, in the nation of Israel.
1: Right, right. I believe CBN created it. So, if folks want to know more about yes. this war, this movie about the Six Day War. They can go to CBN's website, and
0: they'll find a lot of information there about it. Right? Uh, absolutely, Nathan. A, they they definitely can, and I think uh, uh, they really did a fantastic job in bringing uh, other facts that uh, were not brought about uh, in many of the of the uh, modern day movies, if you will, about Israel. And, and it was just it really gives you an appreciation. Uh, for Israel, for these people, for their tenacity, for their belief in the promises of God. And it's much like the church, Nathan. We should have the same tenacity uh, when it comes to trusting the Lord and His promises in our modern days.
1: Amen, brother. Amen.
0: So, absolutely. So, Nathan, again, it's just been amazing um, uh, looking at this. And we want to encourage those of you that are watching and listening. You know, we do these programs to encourage you so that you can draw closer to the Lord, so that if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you will consider turning to Christ right now because, again, time is short. And we want, when the Lord comes for the rapture of the church, when He comes, we want you to go, uh, again, uh, with the rest of us. So if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, we always leave an open opportunity for you to receive Christ. And Nate, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but would you be able to talk to that person on the other side that is watching or listening that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord Maybe how they can start that journey today. Well, the Lord's certainly doing miracles in this day and age. The yes. nation of Israel is a living miracle. If the nation that came out of the Bible 2,000
1: years later is reformed again, that his brother is a miracle, it's an answer to prophecy, this little army that can't be defeated, fouled by overwhelming forces, that means God is on his side and God's plan moves forward. And God wants you to be part of that plan. Right. He wants to, you to know him as your Savior. By Surrendering your life to Jesus Christ by accepting Him in faith to be the Savior of your soul, to pray from your heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive my sins yes. and be my Savior. And Jesus promised you that. He wants
0: to be your Lord and Savior. He wants to forgive you of for your sins. It's a free gift. You just have to accept Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing that word of encouragement. And for those of you uh, that maybe consider that relationship with the Lord, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 305-992-9537. Maybe you pray that prayer. Maybe you trust to Christ and you want to continue to grow in that relationship with Him. Give us a call. And if you have trust in Christ and maybe you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible for free when you call us. Uh, give us your address and we'll be glad to uh, make sure that you... Get a Bible so that you can read along and uh, grow with us in this wonderful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So, again, we want to thank you for your prayers. Pray for Israel. Uh, continue to support this incredible nation. And, Nathan, I want to thank you so much, man, for drawing out those wonderful facts about what happened there in 1967.
1: Praise the Lord. We have tons
0: of resources on the Six-Day War on our website. Check us out, landlion.com or can prophecies. Woo, thank you. And Nathan, thank you for being part of the program. And of course, for those of you that are watching, Big Batista Nathan Jones saying goodbye to you. We ran out of time for this segment of the program. But again, our line will remain open. 305-992-9537. Reach out to us if you need more information. And we would love to pray with you and also help guide you. So I pray that you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. And Lord willing, we'll see you next week. But if the rapture happens first... We'll be reunited in heaven together. So have a great day. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Have a great day. You too, Bye-bye. Thank you.